What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. What's up, everyone? Hope everyone is having a good week so far. Before we get into it, got to shout out Chevalier Mortgage, the official partner and sponsor of the DNVR Rams podcast. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You know, you might be wondering, are these rates really as good as I'm hearing? They are. I'm telling you, they're incredible. You're going to want to call them. You're going to want to hit up dnvrmortgage.com and get set up with that consultation because they can save you hundreds a month, thousands of dollars in interest over the life of a loan. That's a no-brainer, y'all. That said, you know, refinancing, it's not necessarily for everyone. So Mike in Virginia, they're going to do a quick analysis of your financial situations, run through everything, and they're going to get you set up with the best option for your current situation. Call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Get set up with a free consultation or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choosing when you do. Mike and Virginia Chevalier, the best in the business. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. <laughs> just a, a a really good team victory. I, I liked what we did in the second half. I thought it took us a while to get going tonight, but uh, San Diego State had a lot to, to do with that. Um, so uh, we got a lot of respect for, for the Aztecs. They've got some nice talent over there. So this is a really good, good win for us. Um, so we got to get some rest and we'll, we'll see him again on Thursday. Ryan, this is Mike. When you look at this, would would your team last year had the same kind of offense confidence in their offense heading into the fourth quarter as this team showed tonight? Yeah, you know, and that I like the mentality when we got down eight, Mike. I mean, it was um, it was go time. You know, we just put our foot on the gas and, and decided we were going to make some plays and play with a little more conviction. And um, you know, that's probably what separated. You know, you know this year's team to, to last. I don't know if we win that game, but um, we, we just started playing a little more free, a little more relaxed, a little more aggressive. I thought we did a lot of standing. The ball didn't have a lot of energy for, you know, probably three and a half or probably three quarters. But that fourth, we stayed in the push. Um, and what was key, Mike, is we just strung some stops together. I think we, we had a stretch where we, you know, three, four stops, 
created some offense. And that's how we, that's how we're good. You know, we, if we play in the push, get some transition baskets, get some flow into our, our drive game. Uh, we've got some weapons, but um, we just need more stops. And defensively, we're just, we're not where we need to be yet, but we made enough plays tonight. Alrighty, that was Ryan Williams post game after CSU women's hoops took down San Diego State 86 to 77 at Moby Arena on Tuesday night. An exciting game, uh, really back and forth between two of the league's better teams, in my opinion. And what was just so impressive about this CSU team, I mean, they exploded for 35 points in the fourth quarter. That's that's big time offensive production and. That's really been the theme for this team so far. They get buckets. They are a bunch of bucket getters. And it's a lot of fun to watch. It's, uh, I think it's probably the best offense that I've seen since, gosh, I mean, it, it has to be a four or five years. So, I mean, it's, it's really incredible to see how quickly Ryan Williams has been able to turn this program, you know, back in the right direction after a couple of down years. You know what happens. But it, they're, they're on the right track right now. I mean, legitimately, they look as good as anyone in the league out of the gate. Going to Fresno and, and nearly getting a sweep is a, is a big deal. A big deal. I mean, they are a deep roster. And then to follow it up by, by coming back with a pretty complete performance, obviously the defensive numbers were, were not where you want them to be, and that's you know where CSU needs to improve. That's really what cost them the opportunity to sweep Fresno State was you know, they had a lead, a four-point lead going into the fourth quarter of that second game and uh, ultimately just gave up too many points. I mean, Bulldogs outscored them 24 to 16, I believe, down the stretch in that one. So it's still a work in progress. There are definitely things where this team needs to improve. And Ryan Williams has been very honest about that in his, you know, post-game comments and stuff. But man, this team is good. They They really are. And they're just, they're so fun to watch on offense. They play fast. They play as a team. It's efficient. Really great ball movement. I mean, there were a couple times where Fresno State just kept trying to trap them in a zone, and whatever you would do, they'll just work the ball, keep working it, get it around the perimeter, then get it inside, inside out, work it. Just perfect team basketball. And you know, when considering how wonky everything has been this year, the general lack of non-conference play, I mean, they got a couple of local games, but to really just hit the ground running the way that CSU has is that's what's really caught my eye, and I'm just kind of intrigued to see what this Rams team is able to accomplish. I said on the podcast yesterday, I think they're going to win the league. I still do. The one thing that could potentially hurt them down the line, they do have a pretty tough schedule. The Mountain West isn't necessarily known as being you know, elite for, for women's basketball across the board. Usually it's three or four teams at the top, one or two that are kind of on their own pace that'll potentially qualify for the NCAA tournament. But CSU basically got every good team in the league on the schedule this year. So that that's kind of unfortunate. They still got to go to Boise State for two games. They do get Wyoming at home, unlike the men's team, so that's big. And they've also got to go to New Mexico. They got to face Nevada, who's, you know, historically a tough opponent. So it, it's probably going to be an interesting year. I imagine... You know, CSU will probably lose a game that they shouldn't, and maybe even two or three. That's 
that's just going to be how it goes this year. I think the dynamics of the two game series are really going to change, you know, the outcomes, to be honest, when you play somebody once and then you play them, you know, months later, the games, they aren't really that connected. When you play somebody twice in a 48 to, you know, 72 hour span, you can really learn a lot about your opponent, in my opinion. And I'm going to play some audio from Ryan Williams kind of talking about his approach. He talked about how in that Fresno State series, they didn't change a whole lot going into the second game. And I mean, why would they? They put up massive offensive numbers in that first game. But in the fourth quarter of that second game in particular, I do think we saw a little bit of an experienced Fresno State team kind of figured out what CSU wanted to do. I also think they kind of upped their intensity. They didn't want to get swept right off the bat. They're a great team. It was one of those, you know, we're not going down back-to-back nights at home. We're just not. But, you know, I I think they kind of had a feel for what the Rams were trying to do around the perimeter. Uh, They tightened up defensively. They started to contest threes a little bit better. CSU only shot 33% from three in that second half, which really isn't bad. But, you know, they'd, they'd been lighting it up. They shot 41% in the first half. So we saw a team adjust. You know, when you, when you play that much basketball against one opponent, you're really going to get to know them pretty well. It's, it's honestly kind of compelling. I, I don't think it would be the ideal format normally other than, you know, the cost that it saves you. But there is something to it. And I think college hockey really has that refined, you know, that second game creating that really intense atmosphere you know, because you're really familiar with your opponent. You want to, if, if you lost, you want to make up for it and you want to win. And if you win, you want to keep proving, you know, I'm the top. You don't want to lose that high feeling and go away with a split. So it's it's really fun. I'm, I'm into it and I'm interested to see, you know, how Williams squad kind of responds against San Diego State because right now it, it's really just been a team effort from CSU. They've just gone so deep in their rotation that even if somebody has an off night, I just... You know, how do you stop them between Laura and the post and McKenna running the offense and you've got Tori Williams just lighting it up and it's just this efficient machine on offense that's moving and, and kind of looks like it can't be stopped. They, they did get slowed down a little bit by Fresno State in that second game, but I mean, really just kind of looking at the offensive numbers across the board, it, it seems like CSU is going to be one of the more potent offenses, uh, especially from the three-point arc and you know, the whole country, they, they really can light it up. They went 12 of 26 from three against San Diego state in the first game. That's really solid, just under 50%. They only had nine turnovers compared to 16 by San Diego state. That was really the difference. I mean, San Diego state, they won the battle on the glass. It was a tight game. They were in it and they just, they kind of started to press a little bit. They got sloppy. That's what happens. And then, you know, CSU just starts making shots. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm really intrigued to see how that dynamic kind of plays out the second time. CSU actually had less turnovers in the second game against Fresno State than they did in the first one. But I think that kind of had more to do with the pace of the game. Was It was a little bit slower. That first game was really run and gun with both teams just going back at it. ton of fun to watch, but inevitably you are going to get some sloppy turnovers when that happens. Like I said, though, I, I really enjoyed Ryan Williams' perspective postgame, and I think you guys are going to like his comments as well. So I'm going to go ahead and play that real quick before we move on. Hey, Ryan, Justin Michael of DNVR here. This is, you know, only your second series of the season, but coming off of that Fresno State series, it was kind of your first taste of getting to face an opponent two times, you know, in a two or three day span. How much do you expect this matchup to change with San Diego State 
going into the second one, just kind of based on how things went in that Fresno State series. Yeah, I mean, there, there were minor, minor adjust, adjustments. Um, you know, you, you're not going to overhaul your game plan by any means. You, you might change a rotation here and there and, and, and play some different matchups. I, I think the game is more there than it is anywhere else. You know, it's still kids making plays and, and um, playing together. And, you know, we, we didn't make many adjustments the second night in Fresno or at Fresno and, you know, still played quite well. And so we'll, we'll make a few adjustments. We've got to do a better job in the ball screen game. We'll, we'll switch a few things up there. Um, I, I think we still got to get some interior touches. Uh, we didn't do a very good job of that tonight. Um, so, you know, different areas on the floor and kids that you might, you might try to get more involved. And so this is, this is an interesting time playing these back-to-backs. It's, it's uh, taking some getting used to, I think, for our yep. players. I'm sure you've been asked this in some form of another a couple of times, but, you know, you've now had three home games, you know, none without fans, but your team's really performed well in all three of those home games. Have you been pleased with, you know, how they've come out and created their own energy, you know, despite not having any fans, the band, anything to get them going? Yeah, you know, our, our kids are, hey, it's basketball. You know, we, we challenge them to just play with play with joy. Enjoy playing just the game. Um, and you're, you're on, you're in Moby Arena. There's a sacredness to that. And so respect it and let's go out and compete. And, you know, those are things that we talk about. But our bench, Justin, has done a great job, a tremendous job of creating a lot of energy. And even when they come in the game, you know, we got some spark tonight from, from Jamie, from, you know, Petra and, and Bengi. Uh, you know, Katia came in and, and did some defensive things late. Um, you know, Lore coming off the bench. So uh, everybody was ready to go. Um, and I think this team likes to just – they like playing. And you see a joy there, and we want to keep feeding that um, and continue having some fun. We're going to talk football in just a second, but before we do, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is wishing you the happiest of holidays. To kick off the season of giving, DraftKings has new promotions and odds boosts every day this week. Luckily for us sports fans, there's an abundance of action taking place this week, so it works out. Football teams are in the hunt to secure their place in the playoffs. College basketball season is just getting underway. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up with the promo code DNVR. You heard me right. A sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when you use that promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet from live betting, player props. They do it all. To celebrate this weekend's UFC 256, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings when placing a bet on UFC 256. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you know that you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Gotta love that. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and get that sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right, the promo code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, you, you mentioned a lot of positives. One of the groups that really you know stood out in that game was the defensive line. They had 15 tackles for a loss. Have they exceeded your expectations this season? Uh, we knew they'd be pretty good. And we didn't even have two starters, right? I mean, Deb Phillips wasn't, wasn't able to be at the game. He, he is outstanding. And Rooks is a talented pass rusher. So we, we, those guys, here's what was so impressive in that game. Toby, those guys, Patch, you know, Hub and Manny. There wasn't a lot of substituting going on, right? So they did what they did. And they owned almost all the snaps. I mean, that was pretty impressive. We were thin, we were getting tired, and we didn't have a we didn't have a, you know a, a huge rotation. So, really excited about what they did. Um, you know, I, I think they're getting better and better. And uh, shoot, I hope we get them all back. You know, um, you'd have to speculate you'd have a chance to have the best defensive line in this conference, which is. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Now, who knows, right? I don't know all that yet, but um, very, very excited about the D-line and their development. There's a, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of stuff I'm really fired. Our, our, our front seven on defense, I really like their development. I love the front seven on offense, their development. I just do. I mean, you know, and, 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 and those are the things that are the hardest to change. They're the hardest to develop. The other stuff, listen, I'm not sticking my head in the sand because I'm involved with it every single day on special teams. But like, you know, the net fell apart on that play. Now, hey, it was a 90-yard return and it cost us seven points. That's a big deal. But you can get the net right. Net's been right. Now, the net wasn't right on that play. And, and the same with kickoff. Kickoff coverage has been outstanding, I think. I mean, it's just been really – then all of a sudden it's not. Well, we have – couple, three new people in there and young guys and punt on the coverage and on kickoff. And that showed up a little bit, you know, so it didn't show up a little bit. It showed up a lot, but um, that stuff, I'm upset about it and it's, and, and it cost us, but that is real fixable. Putting a great defense line together. That's not, that's not, and putting an offensive front together. That's not, that's hard. That, that can take a long time. And, and I just think we're on, Really good pace for that right now. I'm telling you, the way that defensive line stopped the run against that team was impressive. And I'm telling you, the way we ran the ball against a every blitz known to man, every snap coming at you, that's that that that'll help you grow. That's going to help you grow. And the reason why our D line is growing, by the way, one of them, obviously, I think Antoine's doing a fabulous job. But I think in practice, when you run it every day and you got to defend it every day, you get better on defense. And on, de and on offense, when you have to run it against a good defense front, you get better. That's how you get better. There's an emphasis. You kind of get what you emphasize. And so we're, we're growing in those areas. I, that's why I'm so excited, because I know that that's going to be the fastest dividend payback. And, you know, as painful as some of these things are, and then these young guys getting these reps on special teams is that's how careers blossom. And we're going to need some of those guys next year, obviously. And, and they get their feet wet like this. 
it's really important. It's, and obviously, we've seen it be painful, but it's important. All right. That was Steve Adazio talking about the defensive line. And I actually have a feature coming out on that. So make sure subscribers check it out because I've been working on it for a while. Pretty excited for it. But the reason that I played that clip in particular I was not actually about what he said about the defensive line in San Diego against San Diego State, which, you know, they played tremendous, and I expect them to do the same against Utah State. I, it was more about Adazio and what he had to say about what they've been able to establish, you know, in their front seven on defense and, you know, in their, in their offensive fronts as well. That is significant to me. I think it's been a, a really frustrating year on just so many you know, for, for so many reasons. And, and I've gone over those ad nauseum. So I, I'm not going to, you know, list everything that's been frustrating about this year, but you guys get it. You watched it, the special teams. It sucks that half the games got canceled. Uh, the air force one in particular, super frustrating, all of that stuff. What we are seeing from the, from the defensive line and offensive lines, significant growth from the year before. It really, really is. And, and that's pretty impressive given the lack of reps, given the lack of training camp, given the lack of non-conference play, you didn't get any cupcake games this year. You really did not get a single one. And even so, you know, I, I think we've seen the offensive line get better as the season's gone on, and I think we've definitely seen the defensive line get better. I mean, that, the D-line is legit. Legit, legit. Like, they, they'd be a good defensive line in the Pac-12 or, or wherever else you want to put them. That's how good they've been this year. You know, this this isn't me standing on a table and campaigning that, you know, Steve Adazio was this tremendous hire or anything like that. But I have been impressed. I have been impressed with the growth I've seen in that regard. The offense, not what I've been looking for. And and the special teams, look, it just point blank not good enough. I mean, I don't know how many more times I can say that. But there there have been significant areas of growth. In, 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 in areas where the Rams really needed it. I mean, the offensive line has not been good really since 2017. I think you'd have to go all the way back then. I mean, you've had pretty much like Barry and, and a couple of guys. I mean, I know a couple of those dudes were decent that transferred out. But I don't know, man. Until you build up the trenches, until you can consistently, you know, just be a physical football program. God, I sound like a coach right now, but it's true. You know, until you're consistently able to punch anyone in the mouth, and, and I always like to bring up Wyoming because I think they're a program in the Mountain West that just everybody has to respect. I mean, they play everybody hard. They're not the flashiest. They're not the sexiest. They don't have the best facilities, although they have gotten significant upgrades in recent years. You know, their colors, they aren't that pretty. It's hard to live in Laramie, but they play tough football. They love their team. They do it. You know, they're just about each other and it works. That's what I want from CSU. And I do think that is what Steve Adazio is trying to create. Whether he's able to do it long-term, we'll have to see. I've said many times, I don't think you're going to be able to get too many overarching takeaways from this season. Just too many weird factors. But hey, the, the improvement in the line, it's been significant. You got to give credit where it's due. And, and that's what I'm doing here. And I'm very intrigued to see how they play against Utah State, assuming that game happens, which... You know, that's a that's a big assumption at this point because who knows in 2020. <laughs> but if it does, I will be there in Canvas Stadium providing coverage for you. I will also uh, be at Moby Arena for the basketball game. We've got the women's game coming up on Thursday. All kinds of CSU action. Make sure you're 
just staying in the loop with all of it via the DNVR Rams podcast. Send it to your friends, send it to your family members, get them some merch for the holidays. You know, it's the perfect time. Thank you guys so much. We will be back with more content throughout the week. Looking forward to a fun weekend filled with sports. Peace.